0: Hey, it's Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. It's July of 2013, and my guest is Leon Grunbaum. And Leon, very interesting, once again, shouldn't be a surprise to me. I should be able to see these coming. I didn't see this. A devotee of Ermeto Pascual. And Hermeto is one of the... I say... I <laughs> keep using the same words over and over. He is one of the most fascinating people to emerge from this music. All these people are stunningly original and compelling, to me at least, maybe to you. So, uh, yeah, Leon is a composer, keyboard player, plays his own instrument that he invented, called the Sam chillian tip, 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 cheapy. He is uh, fascinating and entirely original, and those words could also describe our topic of Hermeto Pasquale. So, okay, this is part two of three. Uh, If you haven't already heard part one, you might want to pop back there, but otherwise, come on along. Here we go. Okay, it's Deep Focus. Live music from The fantastic Hermeto Pasquale, we are celebrating his music tonight on WKCR-FM New York. I'm Mitch Goldman. We call this program Deep Focus, and we present live unreleased recordings like that one from the Live Under the Sky Festival in Tokyo, 1979, and we bring in a guest, a musician who has some special affinity for that music, and very happy to have the great Leon Grunbaum in the studio with us tonight. And we're having way too much fun listening to yeah. Ermeto Pascual, E Grupo. That, uh, I wanted to, I can't think of anybody better, Leon, to ask about the achievement of that melodica solo that we heard Ermeto do in that song. Right,
1: well, I think...
0: Uh, Hold on. Hang oh. Hang about. Won't you? Sorry about that. Ah, yes. Yes.
1: I was going to say that uh, I do play the melodica. We mentioned that earlier. And uh, melodica is that uh, keyboard instrument that you actually blow into um, and hold up or theoretically put down on a flat surface and blow in with a tube. Um, But... uh, I know from playing it that, uh, you know, playing simple melodies is one thing, uh, but what he's doing to play that quickly and that cleanly, uh, you know, the problem with the keyboard is, is you go for a note and you hit the crack between the notes and you're hearing actually. I don't hear him doing that very much, and so he, he's pretty accurate, and those keys, depending on the melodica, they can be smaller than the size of, of a piano-style keyboard, so... Um, it's pretty impressive that that uh, he's able to do that. Um, yeah. I
0: had, you know, makes me think of a conversation I had with Howard Levy, who mm. reinvented the harmonica as uh, an, an instrument, a serious instrument to play. And he said one of the issues he had was that he took the instrument way more seriously than the people who made the instrument. Mm. Mm-hmm. You, you know, he they had no idea that anybody was putting the kind of effort into getting a sound out of this. Mm toy, as far as they seem to be concerned. Right. And um, I don't know too much about melodicus, but I wouldn't surprise me. Right, right,
1: yeah, it probably wasn't well, who's, who's to say what an instrument is intended for, but it's, yeah, I mean, I, they probably don't see too many people taking it that seriously as, as a, you know, jazz instrument, as a, um, you know, bebop Lead, lead solo yeah. instrument, you know, that's probably not what most people do with it. I've seen more and more, actually, I, this, I feel like I've seen people in Washington Square Park now playing it as, uh, using it in that way too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was going to say also uh, in that, what we were hearing, what we were talking earlier about, um, you know, the idea of a group playing together as, and, and re- really feeling each other and, and responding. And I, I think you definitely heard, there's some very nice sort of build, builds in that last you know set that we just played, uh, where the you know and it happens as a as a jazz soloist that you really are you're helping to create the energy, but you're also feeding off the energy of the people that are backing you during your solo. And so it, it, I've had it happen where you know even say one instrument like the drums can just propel your solo into into another level. You know, so you you heard you heard that. Uh, in that, in that last thing. And, that, and also, what I heard toward the very end was something r- was reminding me that um, in 1999, I had the unbelievable fortune, uh, some might say undeserved fortune, <laughs> <laughs> to play in a trio um, with uh, Nana Vasconcelos and Ciro Baptista. And this was in Bahia, in Brazil. And we, we haven't even gotten to this, but I. I People play. think
0: of yeah. great Brazilian musicians, yeah, and they say to the, themselves, Vasconcelos, Baptista, Gruenbaum. That's right. Yes. I
1: mean, that we are the triumvirate, as you were, <laughs> of... Uh, no, but... Uh, and, you know, I we haven't brought this up yet, but I created a, a musical keyboard that I play. Uh, yes. Called, called the Samchilian tip 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 GP which in uh, Portuguese is a Samchilian Tip-Tip-Tip-Chipi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just made it up, um, but uh, but anyway, the reason I mentioned it at this moment is that so I was in a playing in a trio, playing my keyboard along with the two of them, and uh, but I remember uh, Cyril Baptista mentioning that it, he described that the instruments he was playing as refrigerator parts, and I, I don't know to what degree that was accurate. I, I remember he had some pretty unusual looking pieces of metal, <laughs> different yeah. descriptions on stage. So yeah. I, th- there was definitely in that last segment we heard we heard some kind of unusual percussion being played there.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah, I mean, and uh, Ciro is one of many. There's a lot. I mean, the percussion in Brazil is is so, such a fantastic and rich tradition and the range of things that people mm-hmm. are willing and inclined to make music out of is just stunning. To to, yeah. uh, to us North Americans, it is a revelation. Yeah. And, uh yeah, there there's definitely an element of that in this music.
1: Yeah, and it's such a it's but just a big part of the culture. The both yeah. both music just in general and rhythm, you know, in particular, uh, it's just everybody dances. Everybody. When I was in Bahia, actually, later to see, um, Carnival, uh, you know, you see these seventy-something-year-old ladies in the traditional, whatever, you know, marching down the street, and just everybody just you know uh, can can dance as a particular dance all the young ladies do, and you know, it's a very it's just part of the culture to dance and to sing, and you know. So
0: you're like, saying yeah. that for people who like music and dancing, they should visit Brazil maybe during Carnival. Oh
1: yeah, sure. Right. So
0: we can we should be able to get an endorsement from uh, Brazilian yeah. tourism. I, I would
1: think so. Yes. T- wait, is that the phone ringing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this oh, is okay.
0: WKCR. I'm Mitch Goldman. My, my guest is Leon Grunbaum. We are, oh, neck deep in the music of Hermeto Pasquale, and uh, something that you mentioned that. Uh, really came to my mind during that piece that we were listening to, there's a real mastery among this group of uh, one of the often unspoken elements of a lot of the music we listen to of tension and release and building and letting it go and breaking it down and building it up again and, and uh, often with the focus coming down to just ermetto alone on stage uh, or alone performing. And uh, that's something that these guys do phenomenally well.
1: Well, you, you know, we were earlier talking about different uh, musicians, and, and this, that particular, uh, you know, some I think of that time, uh, you know, you have, and I don't know the exact years, but, you know, this Agartha period we were talking about of Miles Davis, and, you know, there's a similarity there of where you have these different musicians. You know, if you look at it, kind of analyze it, you have a drum set, you have a bass, you have, a, you know, you have, say, half a dozen different uh musicians playing and you know one of the things is if especially if the chords don't change that much if it's a one chord jam or a couple of chords um, then you wonder well what creates the variation what what what's different about listening at 1 minute and 2 seconds versus 2 minutes at, you know 3 seconds whatever uh and what you know one of the techniques i use as a composer and some of the music that i've i've done it's not every song but you know, if you have something very simple that's groove-based like that, then you say, well, let's listen to this group in different permutations. So what does it sound like to have just the percussion playing or just the bass with the percussion or the bass with the voice or the bass with the, you know, and you have all these different opportunities. So in that what we were listening to, I noticed they broke everything down and then he played a, you know, something completely by himself. Um, but you don't think about it as a listener, but these are things that as a composer you, you really need to program in a little bit or else it... It gets a little boring to have a, a jam session where everybody is just kind of doing the same thing over and over and over. Um, and in my group in uh, Genes and Machines, we actually went so far as to build a special um, sort of light switch. Actually, I think you may have helped me with find my my little light switches <laughs> that, now that I uh, remember could have uh, happened. But uh, you know, and the idea being, if your light is on, then you should play. And basically, I mean, this is about as primitive as a. <laughs> uh, con- I call it uh, conductage. <laughs> the, yeah. um, how innovative it, of you! Yes, yeah, so it's about as uh, it's about as simple of that type of thing as you're going to get. But the point is, it prevents. I think what a lot of musicians know happens in a lot of these shows, where there is no direction. Um, you know, of, of it just kind of becoming this endless jam that doesn't change, it doesn't grow, it doesn't. You know, so I think one of the techniques you know, uh, Hermeto's using here is just knowing enough. And, I, and Miles was very good at that too, conducting to the point of at least saying. You know, you, you cut out here, you come back in, and, you know, some pretty basic cues. I think hopefully the musicians know enough to fill in the blanks, you know, so you don't have to spell every last thing out. But at least, you know, it, it takes some discipline as a musician not to play, <laughs> uh, you know. So it, it's nice to sometimes to have that directed from the outside, you know, and someone that's really listening to the big picture, you know, because you can get really wrapped up in your own, in your own part. You and
0: know. as a musician and as a radio host, to be tacit. I can't let you mention Miles Davis and Agartha and all that music without giving the folks a little background information that our topic, our subject tonight, Hermeto Pasquale, is on the album Live Evil. And uh, now that you know his sound, you might recognize it when you listen to that, that album next. And it was during that period, Hermeto lived in New York, I think for about 10 years prior to starting this group moving back to Brazil and starting this group. And uh, there's a famous quote that seems to follow Hermeto around, certainly among us North Americans who are fans of his that Miles has famously said or described Hermeto as the world's most impressive musician.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: That's quite a statement for anyone to say about anybody. But, you know, coming from Miles Davis, uh, uh, calls for a little uh, little consideration, especially, you know, if he said that in 1971, think about the range of musicians from mm. Stein to uh, <laughs> Art Blakey, to, you know. Right. I mean, it's <laughs> like Earl Father Hines was still playing, you know. I mean, what do you do with that? So, uh, and Ermeto is still making music. He lives in Brazil. In fact, he lives in his hometown, I think, where he grew up, a, a remote part of Brazil. And you might... Uh, if this name is striking a bell, you might know the image of him. He's he's a very distinctive-looking man. He's albino, and he's got a uh, wild array of white hair, and usually dark glasses. Somewhere in the midst of this range of of hair is is these two dark spots of his eyes, where his eyes would be, and um, he grew up in a in a very remote part of Brazil. And uh, the expectation of a young person growing up was you worked the farm, you worked your parents' land. But being albino, he was unable to do that. So he spent a great deal of time by himself making music. And we are the beneficiaries of that, I would say. We've got a couple more, two more short pieces left from this night in Denen Coliseum in Tokyo, 1979. The Live Under the Sky Festival it was the it was Brazil night. And once again let me do my very best to tell you the members of this ensemble. Hermeto, the subject of our show, the band leader, composer Hermeto Pasquale plays keyboards, flute, tenor saxophone, listed as pianica, which we take to mean melodica as we know it. Uh, he's, he's vocalizing, he's playing percussion, everybody pretty much playing percussion in the group. Uh, Claudio Aranjo Chami de Queroz, tenor saxophone, bar- barry sax and flute. Antonio Luis de Santana, percussion. Jovino Jose dos Santos Neto, keyboards. Realcino Lima Filio, drums and percussion. Rosemary Pittner percussion. Itibre Luis Zuarg, on the bass. Nivaldo Ornelas, playing saxophone and flute. Hank Schroy, weigh in, man. Help me out here on this pronunciation. We were hoping to get Hank on the phone with us tonight. He's a great student and uh, fan and uh, explainer of yeah. the music of Emerto Pascual, a great yeah. bassist and friend of ours, and we were hoping to get you on the show, but we are bollocksed by uh, the limitations of uh, communication, even here at a radio station. So, uh, but, 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 do less. No, if, if you can help us out with those pronunciations. And um, so there's two short pieces left. And uh, uh, anything more we want to say before we play those?
1: Oh, just, uh, you know, I was noticing also in that last clip, one of the things I think that uh, is distinctive, uh, you'll have these long, complicated, through-composed melodies that... Uh, I know one thing I've learned playing, you know, playing shows like this is that you you make it clear that it's a melody and not just an improvised line, by having at least two people play it. <laughs> yeah. so, well, you know, but yeah. sometimes
0: <laughs> those two people are both ermetto. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> like, that what does, do you do with that, That man? does happen.
1: In fact, uh, it's funny you say that, because uh, uh, I just commented, and I don't know which clip uh, we're going to... I don't think it's on this this recording, uh, but on another recording, I, I mentioned to uh, Hank, actually, that uh, I said, yeah, the bass player comes out and, and does a... An improvised bit where he's singing along with bass and Hank wrote me back and said actually I happen to know that was a, a composition for bass and <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said okay I give up I can't tell anymore but yeah you, you know many many times uh yeah it, 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 many times you can tell you, you have the suspicion that it's an improvisation um if they if it's tightly synchronized and it's and it doesn't seem to yeah, I guess it's a it's a tough call sometimes whether it's improvised or not. No, is yeah.
0: that 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 mode of those long lines? Is that something that you associate with Brazilian music? I
1: that, mean, yeah, I I don't know why. Maybe it's because I you know his is such is such prominent music of Brazilian music to me. But um, I guess it I guess it's not strictly you know strictly. Him, it but, reminds yeah. me
0: of uh, so many things. He kind of his choices like that remind me of frank zappa mm, mm-hmm. a lot at times and then of other composers too i don't know if that's a sure
1: yeah no i'm uh, it's funny you mention zappa now because i i don't know why when with my music i uh, keep getting that comparison and i i like to say uh, i've been compared to frank zappa they say i'm not as good uh, <laughs> that's comparison you know. so um but uh i guess in the sense that it's you know sometimes long complex lines melodies that uh you know, and and uh, you know, you know, as a musician, you sometimes you hear things like this um, when they go very fast, and you think, oh my god, they really how do they how are they even doing that? And if once you are the person performing this and learning it, and you play it enough, and especially if you play enough shows, uh, you know, there's a whole thing with bands where every song gets faster and faster. <laughs> yeah. Show and you listen to the studio recording, and you're like, oh my god, that was like half as fast. <laughs> but uh, you know, so that's, uh, yeah. I don't know how I got off topic here. Um, well, playing, yes, playing zappa. So the point is that it—you know—if you play these things long enough, uh, you know, you can play these really complicated melodies. And, and like I say, it's impressive when a couple people are doing it. Reminds me of you know when you go to see a dance routine and two people are doing the same thing. You're like, well, wow, that's pretty impressive. If it was just one person, they might—they right. might be screwing up all the time. And you wouldn't know it, you know. Yeah.
0: So. You are listening to WKCR. This is a program we call Deep Focus, and that is what we are placing on multi-instrumentalist. Hermeto Pascual, I'm Mitch Goldman. My guest is Leon Grunbaum. And uh, I wanted to ask you about your current work with genes and Machines, but we're going to save that for the next mic break, or the one after that, or one sometime. uh, But let's go back to the stage in Tokyo, 1979, Hermeto Pasquale, and uh, this one is called Foro, Brazil, and then we'll hear Susto, the last two pieces from this live unreleased recording on WKCR. Yeah, bunch of darn happy Japanese fans listening to Ermeto Pascual. That's how it ends. And uh, you'll hear that reaction pretty much when you see these guys play. And I don't know of them coming to New York anytime too soon, but they've been here in the last few years. I caught a great show at uh, Outdoors and one of those great free outdoor Lincoln Center shows a few mm-hmm. years ago with this well, some members of the same band, the current version of the band, of the grupo, and
1: uh, I'm trying to. Re- you know, I was. I know I've seen him live, and I cannot for the life of me remember where. I mean, it was in New York, maybe at a place like the Village Gate or or, or something like that. But this would have been twenty years ago. I mean, it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was so long ago. Though. Yeah,
0: he comes through. Uh, it's an occasion when it happens. Maybe you know he'll come during a, a big festival or something or. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's, and it's, it's, it's always a treat. It's a, just, this band has a tightness and a flow and a distinctive sound all its own that, uh, nothing else sounds quite like. Uh, once again, Hermeto Pascual, keyboard, flute, tenor saxophone, melodica, voice, percussion, Claudio Aranjo, Chamis de Queiroz, tenor saxophone, Baritone, Saxon, Flute, Antonio Luis de Santana, Percussion, Jovino Jose dos Santos Neto, Keyboards, Real Lima Filho, Drums and Percussion, Rosemary Pittner, Percussion, Itibere Luis Suarg on the Pace, Nivaldo Ornelas, Saxophone and Flute. Live Under the Sky 1979, that is not something you are going to find in your local uh, Victrola store where they sell the 78 albums in the back that one's from the kcr archives a true true rarity and all the music we play on this show could be described thusly things that are not commercially available i'm mitch goldman leon grunbaum so you have a new album coming out don't you
1: Oh, I couldn't. Uh, well, yes. Uh, so yes, I have a group that is now, called. You've uh, had a bunch yes. of
0: different groups over the years.
1: Yes, that's true. We've uh, I've had. Uh, what I have a kind of a strategy uh, of changing the name of the group with each Just CD before
0: people start to like
1: it. Yes, very a, quickly. I kind of lose their, their take trail. a left turn.
0: Started out uh, yeah. Leg Slurp. That was okay. where I came along. That's right. Oh. Uh, unless we go back to the mm. uh, DePel Trio.
1: Ah. Well, this is... Even earlier. We're really, really stretching. <laughs> <laughs> that is going back a ways. Uh, Mitch, of course, who performs on LEG Slurp. I,
0: yes. Oh, yes. If you want to hear my work. Yes. Yes, I perform on the LEG Slurp album.
1: What? What? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. But, uh, yes, so the, we have that, and then we well, had... i got where,
0: where, to look into those royalty checks. For ah, that too. I know.
1: I... I <laughs> It's, 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 it's uh, almost up there with Spotify, from what I understand. Uh, <laughs> yes. the, Sergeant Dan. Uh, Sergeant Dan's records. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the next album was a group called Math Camp, and the title of that album was Away. Oh, well, the first album of L.E.G. Slurp, it was called Fula Fingo with an exclamation point. A word that I made up, by the way. Um,
0: Can you, when you pronounce it, do you hear the exclamation point?
1: Some people uh, make it uh, clear when they, yeah, I never really th- thought of it as uh, being spoken any different, but you know, it's a very exciting kind of a, a fool of fingo. Um, and uh, and now this album is coming out, and this is a group uh, called Jeans and Machines. It's sort of existed in a couple different formats over the years, but at this point, we actually have six people in the group. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a special uh, keyboard invention of mine that I've uh, patented, um, which is very, very briefly. In fact, I think I was on your show yeah. p- to play it one yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but it basically is. It works on the principle of intervals, meaning that each key press is not a note like a G sharp or an E flat or whatever. But you pick a scale and a key, and then you're moving around in that set of notes, uh, you know, relativistically. So you're hitting a plus one key, and you hit repeat that repeatedly, and then you hit minus two key, and that goes down by two notes. And um, so it's kind of an unusual way to um, to construct a melodic line. And I, I was very fortunate, uh, actually, to meet Vernon Reed. Uh, that by now, this is something like twenty years ago, or maybe not quite. Yeah, just about. Uh, yeah. Boy, that's a long time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, but you guys have. Which conquered is, the world together and and he uh was intrigued by my keyboard and uh, in fact i think our initial conversation revolved around his study of his buying one and that kind of very very quickly sort of turned into me playing in his group and you're I still think, trying to yeah every every time we <laughs> do a show hey so about... right, look, look, i knocked 25 bucks off man <laughs> last it's going fast uh still can't get he's, he's a real uh bargainer tough that guy customer. tough customer <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so uh Anyway, this oh, yeah. sidebar sidebar. Yes, please. This
0: is a fascinating instrument. And if you're a keyboard player or if you're not a keyboard player, if you're curious about possibilities of making music, um, check out the Sam Chilean tip, tip, tip. GP. GP, What's the best way to to interface? There's
1: a website uh, samchillian.com S-A-M as in mother C-H-I-L-L-I-A-N as in Nancy. Samchillian. Samchillian.com And uh, so that, so I, you know, for the last couple of groups were sort of, uh, you know, in part ways of showcasing the instrument and the instrument's actually pretty good at a number of things. One is kind of playing wild solos and uh, you know, and that's kind of maybe that was the principal way I en- envisioned using it. But, um, uh, you know, I've developed other techniques. There's a mode where it sort of does a cyclical pattern. And, and so in some songs, I'm, I'm doing something like that. That's a repeating uh, ostinato type pattern.
0: But uh, I feel yeah. like you are wildly under describing the music that's coming out on this uh, upcoming album.
1: Ah, well, yes. So, yeah, well, I was just explaining. <laughs> yeah. No, because uh, I'm just, uh, yeah. So th- I also can play bass lines on it. So there's mm-hmm. songs, songs where I'm playing bass on it. Um, but, yeah, this, this album, it's become, with the addition of Ava Farber, who is a singer and bass player herself and keyboardist, um, it's kind of taking a slightly different direction uh, where there are more vocals in the music. It's more sort of song-oriented. Uh, but one of the compositional things that this this music we've been listening to made me think of is, you know, this this idea of how do you keep a song that's not really a song in a traditional way, more of a collection of, of parts and grooves and, and different things that it repeat. How do you keep that interesting over the course of you know five minutes or whatever? Um, and the answer is you don't. No, the answer is you you know you vary who's playing and and uh, and what they're playing and you know different. You find ways to keep it improvised and interesting that way, but uh, to, and it's more interesting to the musicians if they feel they're adding some creative output, and I think I think that comes across to an audience, you know. So, you know, you could theoretically write every last note out, you know. And I come from from the classical world, and I know that's the kind of mentality that that, that you have there. But I, since for for a long time I've I, I've liked the idea of improvisation, and that's what drew me into jazz and that sort of thing. Um, so this band, it's very difficult for me to describe this music. It's, it's not easy yeah. to
0: describe, but you're doing a particularly lousy job of it, <laughs> yeah. I have to say. Thank you. This is, uh, let me first ask you, so the name of the band is Jeans and Machines.
1: With a G, Jeans, yeah. That's pants. No, because people think, often they think like, of jeans with a G. Genetic. I,
0: jeans and Machines. Yes. And what's the album going to be called?
1: Uh, Heart Shaped Ass. And what label is putting it out? This is on Agenda Del Mondo.
0: And when's it coming out? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Hermeto, <laughs> no, 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 uh, actually, suit, the, you know, suit. the music is actually finished. We are, we're finalizing the, the well, I, I should explain, actually, this is speaking of 1979. We are actually making vinyl. Yes. Which is a an unusual thing, uh, and it's sort of become a trendy thing, um, and that's why I'm doing it, basically. Yeah,
0: you, you're, you're all a about that. I'm a trendy guy.
1: I'm yeah. I'm trendy in so many ways. Uh, no, but uh, I, I was a little, when, when it was suggested to me, I was a little uh, skeptical, but... Actually, you know, in this day and age, when people buy a recording, if it's a CD or they buy it on iTunes or whatever, they're, they're buying really interested in ultimately in having it in the digital form. If you buy a CD, you're probably going to stick it in your computer and, and rip it and then you've never touched that actual physical CD again, so
0: especially if you throw it out, which seems to be what a lot of people yeah. do. Yeah, um,
1: and you know, so the idea with vinyl is you have a much bigger canvas for your artwork. Uh, it's sort of a keepsake, and of course, no one will actually play it. <laughs> However, uh, you will get a download card and be able to oh, cool. listen to the MP3 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and so you have the best of both worlds. You have the analog, you know. Yeah, I like that. You know, um,
0: and uh, is anything? previewing yet or you're
1: holding that? Till- yeah, I, we have you know, to be honest, in this day and age it's a bit confusing what you're supposed
2: to be doing
1: and, and it does seem to be there seems to be a trend of kind of putting music out there. We have a Bandcamp page uh, so you can actually check out the music there. Um, but what's, that's what's the URL? That's Well, that's jeansandmachines.bandcamp.com but if you just put Jeans and Machine, you probably find it just with the name of the group uh, and we have, a, we have our own website as well, jeansandmachines.com and just remember, it's jeans with a G, um, not pants. Yeah, not pants. Not no, pants no, and machines. No pants. Uh, but uh, yeah, the music is—you know—some of it's almost like rock, and it's, it's, it has an electronic bent to it because a lot of the the sounds are electronic. But we have acoustic drums and electronic drums, um, and there's some improvisation. Some of it's—you know—more composed. You know,
0: I will tell you. Leon's not going to tell you. I will tell you. I, this is uh, bracingly original music with. Uh, uh, just boiling over with cool stuff and ideas and, and music and things. That'll
1: and a couple, couple of melodies you may even yes. Yes. walk out of the theater whistling.
0: Yes. Or screaming or something. <laughs> I'm I'm recommending. I'm telling you. Check it out. Leon Grunbaum is our guest. Our subject of Deep Focus tonight is Hermeto Pasquale, and uh, that we just listened to a stunning show from from Japan, Brazil Night at Live Under the Sky Festival in the summer of 1979, and this band has, uh, the sound of this band has evolved a bit over the years, and for a variety of reasons, we really wanted to keep the focus on uh, the 70s into the 80s, and um, not to take anything away from more recent. Performances by this group, but but this is just a particular interest for us. Uh,
1: you want to talk I, about that a little bit? Well, I I mean yeah, we were in our little break. We were talking briefly about that. The whole subject of, you know, often the the musicians that you know, uh, y- you're given the idea that they have to be you know 19 or in their early 20s for the you know, and they if they don't do anything then then you know how good were they? And of course you have counter examples of you know Thelonious Monk or people that that did kind of um, become famous, uh, later in their lives, uh, still, still younger than I've, (laughs) (laughs) my fame. Uh, but anyway, uh, imminent fame, but I, you know, I think one thing is that they were still apparently, I don't know exactly in 79, but at the beginning they were still living in this house together and they probably were playing a lot more than they were in later years. Um, but I, you know, as a musician that, you know, I think you, you tend to, feel you get better and it's, you know, <laughs> you like to feel that you're, you, uh, you know, you still have something to contribute, but it is hard to keep, you have to really keep reinventing yourself. And, and so it, it is possible, uh, you know, various artists that were amazing at certain moments have tried to come back and, you know, with varying amounts of success, you know, maybe about a, your talents merging with that moment in time, you know.
0: You know, you could say that about authors and books. Mm, sure. You could say that about athletes. You could say that about, uh, that's maybe one of the beguiling aspects of this whole thing is uh, it's always just out of reach. Trying mm-hmm. to summon that magic, and we're uh, mm-hmm. yeah. doing radio shows. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> it's there, and sometimes, it's like, man, right. how do I get to the end of this? Right. It's 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 a uh, it's really a stunning thing. We what we try to do always on this show, Deep Focus, is find those magic moments when. the just the band is, and the audience and the whole room just well, start
1: to. I, I got to say also, you know, this uh, was something I meant to mention on the show. Uh, I remember many years ago hearing something on the radio um, and it's something about it. The energy of it caught my ear and it wasn't. I don't think it was the sound of it particularly, uh, but uh, and I thought this is this is something unusual about this. I said I suddenly clicked in my head and I said, this is a live performance And it turned out to be. In fact, it was from the Knitting Factory, actually. Um, Uh And I thought about it, and I said, why should a studio recording sound so different from a live performance? So I'm so glad that you're playing live live shows, because even if technically it's not perfect, and that's why people go into the studio to eliminate all the extraneous noises, and these days to correct all the things that they screwed up in the studio. But, you know, there is a quality to a live show that You just—I don't know. I that, and then in my work, I I do try to straddle the difference. And you know, we we uh, went into the studio and recorded live without a click track, even though we're using electronics. We really wanted the feel of a live performance as much as we could. But even so, people in a studio act differently. They, you know, and you do feed off the energy of an audience. You know, so I think it's great that you have a show where you're playing live live recordings because exclusively live recordings. Because it, you know, that's something that. We don't hear enough of you know
0: well another reason we do that is to remind you that that's the way this music is heard that's what how this music came to be created and i feel like listening to recordings even listening to the radio is kind of a simulacrum compared to the experience of being in the room with musicians while they're making music and a lot of us Spend a lot more time we love music but maybe we don't make the effort to get out the door and yeah. go be with the music and that a big part of the point the reason we do the show is to remind you of the opportunity that's waiting for you these are every one of these shows I mean we've been doing this for a few years and we've found just mind-blowing moments and that moment is happening somewhere tonight and you could be part of that and uh, especially these days, the challenges of being a musician are greater than ever and uh, the income that a lot of musicians derive from recordings has devolved and I'm not saying this is a duty out of guilt or uh, charity or anything else like that, that that we owe to this music, it's something we owe to ourselves, it's an opportunity that we don't want to let go by. and. Uh, the value of that—that that what comes back to the musicians, as Leon's saying—is—is is absolutely of the essence of what this is about.
1: And by the way, this this is for the younger listeners out there. We're not talking about going out to see a DJ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nothing against DJs, but I, I as far as uh, you know, that energy flow, I think that's especially uh, pronounced with 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 live musicians with. Instruments that are, you know, feeding off off uh, each other and off of the audience. Um, well, I mean, I shouldn't say anything. I shouldn't say that doesn't happen with a DJ, but I, you know, I think we are talking about, uh, you know, music performed by people on instruments and that sort of thing.
0: Not talking about you, Logic.
1: Yeah, because Logic is great. He's
0: a musician. That's an instrument. Yeah. We have more live music from Hermeto Pasquale. Uh, we're going to go to the Jean Lepin Festival in the south of France. That's another summer show, but it's seven years later. It's 1986 now. Where were you? And uh, this is, uh, it's also, once again, it's Hermeto e grupo, And the musicians, a slightly different lineup. Uh, and once again, let me see if I can say this without uh, stumbling too badly, but is playing keyboards accordion now flugelhorn which is a trumpet-like instrument a completely different (laughs) discipline than anything else we've heard him play tonight he's playing saxophone too the number of musicians who've recorded any serious music in this genre um who play wind instruments like saxophones and brass instruments like flugelhorns i think i could Hmm. No, I was, I was, yeah. well I was going <laughs> to
1: say I, I do play clarinet but I've never attempted a brass <laughs> instrument well
0: he's doing all that plus flutes plus what is do we know what uh, Sanfona is hmm. do we know what Bombardino is uh, no but uh, maybe yeah. Hank does yeah. <laughs> Hank Hank. Yeah. Uh, Hank Shroy our, uh, our yeah. secret spy He's playing percussion, he's vocalizing, uh, he's Hermeto, he, he does it all. Carlos Malta, saxophones and flutes now. Jovino Santos Neto is back on keyboards. Itibre Swag is back on the bass. Uh, Marcio Bahia on drums. And Pernambuco is the percussionist. There's also uh, another saxophone player whose name we don't have, but uh, maybe you'll be able to tell us. Anyway, so we are off to Jean Lepin. In France. Come along. Let's get in the Wayback Machine. I gotta figure out how I'm gonna do this, man. Let's see. What happens if I press this button? Hold on, hold on. This is exciting. A little scary, exciting. You're listening to WKCR. Thank you. to uh we're gonna we're gonna change it up a little bit the usual convention of uh, breaking in the middle of the beginning of a piece but that was a 20-minute introduction and uh dear listener if you want to know what this show is about by gum that little display from the subject of the show is really kind of it that was Ermeto Basquale and uh, let me back out for a moment and say that you are listening to WKCR-FM New York. I'm Mitch Goldman. We are here with you from, started, been here for two hours. And we're here for one hour more. So you got here just about on time. And we is uh, me, Mitch, and my guest tonight, Leon Grunbaum. Hello.
1: Oh, yes. Hello. Oh,
0: yes. And uh, we are presenting program we call Deep Focus, and the subject of the deep, deep focus is Hermeto Pascual. Leon, what just happened?
1: Well, you know, we, we have a special way listening to this. It's
0: piece. almost like I can see it. It's so visual. Yeah. Here's a little admission, a confession for you. <laughs> you know, we round up these recordings from all over the world, quite literally, and this one is an obscure television broadcast was broadcast on French TV in 1986, and it has wended its way to the WKCR archives. Leon and I are actually presenting it. We, we have the video playing here in the studio, and we're sending the audio your way. And uh, so we're actually seeing who's doing what, which is not always quite so obvious, and it's not always <laughs> an advantage that we have. Luckily, we do have that tonight. So, yeah, so what, what's going
1: on in this Well, piece? yeah, no, I mean, something we... We knew, of course, immediately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But the the average listener may or may not realize that he has another keyboardist in his group. And the first solo, uh, which was a pretty pretty long solo, was not him. It was I've forgotten the fellow's name? Uh,
0: that but, was uh, Jovino Santos Neto.
1: Yeah. So he he was playing. But then uh, the clavinet was was Hermeto, and uh, he. We were we were noticing he's at some point sounded like he was playing Bach or something along those lines. Yeah, I don't know that it was an actual piece of Bach. I have no idea. It was it, like
0: a Bach invention, yeah. and then it kind of oozed yeah. into a very Brazilian folk song kind of feel, mm-hmm. and then
1: yeah. and then he started slapping the top of the club. Yeah, it was
0: <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of like a like a little sunrod journey, and then,
1: uh, you know, watching him, it, 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 he also reminds me a little of Eddie Palmieri because Eddie Palmieri yeah. does a lot of that kind of something percussion. I just remember hearing an old Eddie Pamiari, uh, song where he was playing, it was like a very kind of sentimental ballad and it was time for his solo. And it just began with him just (laughs) bringing his forearm down on the bottom of the keyboard as hard as he could. And it, it made a lot of sense to me, but, uh, I could see, uh, someone not quite understanding that, but anyway, um, so yeah, so that, that, uh, I'm trying to remember what we heard. Well, I, it opened with a long uh, percussion uh, moment, and which then I we had yeah.
0: your uh, your mate Itibre. Your, your oh yes, and then bass solo. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Itibere, um, Well, he's not my mate, but uh, well, <laughs> yeah. you're from yes. your the workshop. I think I, oh, that I mentioned it. that I attended a, a workshop. I played melodica in that uh, workshop, mm-hmm. but uh, no, we we mentioned this earlier. But uh, yeah, the the bass player of this group. Um, uh, is has a workshop in in uh, Rio, um, where our good friend Hank Shroy now lives, and mm-hmm. we were hoping to hear from him tonight, but it, it's not going to happen. Um, anyway, the point is that uh, yeah, so he took a solo, and actually, uh, there was another one of these clips that I don't think we're going to hear tonight, but it starts with we were just talking about this with a, a bass and uh, vocal moment, and I, I commented to Hank, yeah. I, I can tell that, uh, you know, he came out and was just kind of improvising something for bass and vocals. And Hank corrected me saying, well, you know, actually I happen to know that's a composition that Hermeto wrote for for bass and voice. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that goes back to my earlier point of when it's really good, you can't tell the improvisation from the through, yeah. com- through composed parts and vice versa.
0: The striking thing to me watching this is, and I, I want to hear what you have to say about this, I look at this video, Hermeto Pascual, the immensely accomplished musician that he is, does not have what I would describe as pianist's hands.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I mean, I, I don't. I haven't done an an in depth study of that. Uh, it
0: looks like he's that, got stubby little fingers. Yeah, yeah. Which just says to me, don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything.
1: That's right. Um, no, and and he, I mean he, he gets around. I mean, you think of someone like Monk, uh, who was sort of known for, half intentionally, you know, playing in a kind of a sloppy way, but he uh, he has a pretty fast technique and and clean technique. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that doesn't seem to hinder him, is is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. yeah, he's also, you know, something that we haven't mentioned that really should be mentioned here. If you want to explore this music further, and Leon, I think I can speak for you and say that we certainly think you should. Uh, by all means, go out and get any of the great albums of his that have been released. There are many. And uh, also, maybe before you do, you might want to go take a look on YouTube and uh, just search on the name Hermeto Pascual. I'm going to spell it again. Uh, H- Hermeto, H-E-R-M-E-T-O. And Pascual is P-A-S-C-O-A-L. Pa- Hermeto Pascual e Grupo. And um, there are so many fantastic clips there's clips of interviews with him talking about some of the amazing adventures in his life there's uh, workshops of him playing and teaching his his ideas and sharing them there's tons of performance stuff there's one that you turned me on to leon uh maybe i'll see if i can find it mm. but i would like you to describe that lake uh, thing that was just yeah. stunning I, i'm gonna find that if it's you don't mind a, yeah it,
1: play it, that. it has the word lagoa if you put uh, L A G O uh, A, Hermeto Pasquale, um, and uh, yeah, he's playing. Uh, they're playing various uh, flute-like instruments, if I remember correctly, yeah. and and they're in a lake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they're they are
0: literally they're yeah. like neck deep. Yeah. In a lake.
1: Playing, yeah. Uh, and then they k- kind of submerge themselves, uh, <laughs> and so you get to hear what what these instruments sound like above and below the water. Bubbles and that. He's just sort of exploring all the different. You know, I think actually what's, um, I think part of his motivation, he, you know, we mentioned that he grew up in a kind of a rural area, uh, kind of, um, you know, in in, what was it, the northeast of Brazil? Is that? I I think so, yeah. Uh, So I think he grew up with a lot of nature and that figures heavily in his work. Um, And uh, Uh, Lagoa de
0: Canoa. In Alagoas,
1: oh, Brazil. That's, oh, so the where he was from has the word lake in it. Yeah. That would. That would, uh, <laughs> Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. You I know one of the things about Hermeto that uh, drew my attention early on was that uh, just his use of unusual sounds. He got into tape and electronic sounds in some of his uh, recordings. Um, yeah. Here's the real, uh, we can uh, maybe you can hear it as we. Yeah. So yeah. This yeah. is called uh, M- Música da Lagoa.
0: All right, here, um, let's uh, see if we can do this.
1: <laughs> and uh, we have technology here in the studio.
0: You want to describe a little bit of oh. what's happening here? Yeah,
1: I see a waterfall.
0: <laughs> they're actually they're standing waist deep in the water. All the musicians are kind of singing blowing into the water.
1: Yeah. Uh, what are they they must be playing bottles at this point? That's what that sounds like. Each one has a different note, I guess. I can see he's playing the first two notes. Boom boom. He has three he has three different bottles filled with different amounts of liquid water. I think the, uh, what song was that? Was it Herbie Hancock Was a fam- on the Chameleon rec- record when I mean, someone's playing a bottle like that?
2: Uh, I forget which song it was.
0: Yeah. And then he switches to flute. Yeah.
1: Am I wrong that they go under the water at some point? I think they do. Do that. Yeah.
0: They're all standing there playing. It looks like they're in their underwear in this beautiful
2: lake.
1: I would be willing to bet this is probably in his hometown, right? Yeah, right. I, I think so. I just want to hear them go underwater.
2: <laughs>
1: maybe it was just the beginning. I don't know. To achieve that effect, he's dipping himself in the water.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> he's just putting himself right under the water, and the flute's filling. Well, the I water. think
1: you know, just as an overall statement, you know, creative musician. I mean, you can just see the playfulness of it. You know, he probably had no idea how it would affect the sound when he first dipped his, you know, flute into the water. Uh,
0: and now there's butterflies surrounding them. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, it really is like
1: he's summoning
2: these.
1: Yeah, no, he has a kind of a. We, we heard another clip where he had these uh, toy animals that made yes. sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he had what he had done was, uh, I, I've noticed a couple of clips like this online of him that are pretty good, where he's listening to something that isn't a piece of music per se, but then he approximates every note as best he can and and plays along with it. Uh, He's also
0: not uh, afraid of Studio Craft. Mm. There's another video on YouTube. Now, uh, one of the people that we have not heard from tonight—that's how the piece ends—and he just throws himself under the water. Yeah, and then it—I believe that piece is from a television special in Brazil from 1999.
1: I I just want to point—I don't mean to interrupt, but interrupt? No, I'm just—I'm just marveling at the way that every meeting of people at the holidays and whatever has turned into sitting around and watching YouTube clips. <laughs> Is that right? Now now, now we, we have, do it on the radio. Now we do it on the radio. <laughs> so very uh, true. It's yeah. That was
0: uh, Hermeto Ermeto uh, and O Grupo uh, flutes and bottles in a lake and uh uh Swag who's been on every piece we've heard Marcio Bahia Carlinhos Malta Jovino Santos, Neto, uh, and Pernambuco, um, all music from uh, led by Hermeto
2: Pasquale.
1: I don't know if it's, if it's a, t- a typical Brazilian thing, but uh, one of the stories... Uh, don't
0: worry. You. you will hear Leon tell the rest of that story if you go pick up uh, part three of this podcast from July of 2013. Leon Grunbaum, my guest, Ermeto Pasquale is our topic and uh, I say pick up you know you know you know how you got here uh you can find us on your favorite podcasting app or you can always find us on the hosting site mitchgoldman.podbean.com and you know I listen to a lot of podcasts I almost never rate them but uh, I found out that it really does actually make a difference and here's how it it helps people find the podcast now you know i don't make any money from this i'm giving it all away i have no advertisements um i've got in a way no dog in the fight at all but i do like the idea of people who might be interested in this finding out about it and the best way for them to do that is for you to give us five stars so if you're feeling it go ahead and do that won't you please because uh, it will help some folks we have listeners in over 40 countries which amazes me and delights me and should do the same for you because those are people who like this music that i don't think of it as really esoteric to me it's pop music that people just don't know about but apparently uh we might be wrong about that if you feel the same way about it that i do if you do if you want to uh hear the rest of this program go ahead Check out part three. It's July 1st, 2013. And is the date Leon Grunbaum my guest? Hermano Pasquale, once again, is the topic. Find the music from those guys. Leon Grunbaum's music is on Bandcamp. He's also got a website. I think it should still be active. SamChillian.com. name of the instrument he plays is the Samchilian. Tip, 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 GP. Samchilian is S A M. C-H-I-L-L-I-A-N, Sam Chilion. And uh, Leon Gruenbaum, spelled about the way it sounds. And Hermeto Pasquale, I'll spell that for you too. H-E-R-M-E-T-O, Pasquale, P-A-S-C-O-A-L.
2: Yeah, you know,
0: you're on it. Okay, see you over at part three.